What's up, everybody? It's Mr. James O'Neill here, keynote speaker, national board certified math teacher, and today, your podcast host. My mission is targeting mastery for all, empowered by equity for all, through the belief of expectations for who? For all, y'all. And if you know, if I'm saying y'all, you know where I'm hailing from. I'm hailing from the South. By way of the QC, the Queen City, Charlotte, North Carolina. So I'm super excited that you decided to join me. All right, so today I want to talk about one of the E-words that I use within my business, within my life, within everything that I do. This E word is called expectations. Y'all, expectations change everything. Many of you all who follow me know that a teacher changed my life in eighth grade. One of the greatest reasons why I am an eighth grade math teacher is because Mrs. Simmons took me out of a eighth grade standard math class And she gave me a placement test to see if I could place into Algebra 1, which would be the equivalent of Math 1 that we teach right now in North Carolina. Me and my best friend Chester, along with a good friend Adam Dietz, um, one of my white brothers, (laughs) we took the class and we all got in. In the process of us getting into that class, I realized what I had been missing all my life. It was simply the expectation that I should be here. When I say that, ooh, that thing just hit me. (laughs) Y'all got to pause for a minute, y'all. That thing just hit me real quick. But I say that because in my school, there was a gifted program. And naturally, in a system that expects who to be gifted, white people, because there was just black and white right there in my school, all the gifted kids were white. There was no expectation of a black boy or a black girl or a we didn't have any brown in my school at that time. I didn't get my first brown or Hispanic kid until actually it was eighth grade. What was it? Ninth grade, eighth or ninth grade. We got our first uh, Mexican student that had come here for the very first time to the little town of Belhaven, the very first one. And I, and they assigned him to me. <laughs> and I talk about this in another podcast, like just I'm black, he brown. Ah, but he does not know English, but he's doing his best. I guess it was just like, you're the closest thing, James. Like, (laughs) here you are. But let me digress from that. Let me get back to the story. So the story is, is that there were no black students in this gifted class. And Mrs. Simmons said, you know, I believe according to y'all's grades, y'all can do the work. And I got into this class and I was like, oh, this is different. I never struggled before. I was so used to getting stuff and understanding stuff. The gifted kids had a different foundation. They took pre-algebra in seventh grade. So they had this this building block into algebra one that I never had. So I would just jump from seventh grade math into algebra one. And I was like, oh, oh, I don't know what y'all talking about. Like these variables and stuff. I don't know what. This is crazy. This is hard. And I studied my behind off and I didn't get the highest grade that I wanted to have. But I understood what the productive struggle looked like. I understood what persevering through the mathematics, it looked like that mathematical practice of persevering. I understood what it looked like. I understood what attending to precision, it began to look like. And I was invited into this world that I had never been before, right? And so 
I realized right then and there that her expectation, oh gosh, I don't want to cry, but it's going to happen, whatever is going to happen. Her expectation of me was different from any other expectation that a teacher had. Let me talk about power. So she was the white lady. And I say that in all respect, because some people hear white, black and like, oh my God, let me cringe. No, she was the white lady that had access to the power of putting a student in algebra one. I've had Mrs. Davis, who was black, who loved me who challenged me. She was a sixth grade teacher. I had Mr. Satcher, who was black. He was my social studies teacher. I had Mr. Hardy, who was black. He was my science teacher, right? Though none of them were in the place of power to take a black boy and put him in an accelerated course. First of all, Mr. Satchel and Mr. Hardy taught classes that did not have acceleration built into the curriculum. And then Mrs. Davis taught sixth grade. So she had no power to say, hey, let me take this eighth grader and put him into this class. She had no power to do that. And so what I learned is that so many teachers are in positions of power that if you don't realize your power and the privilege you have to be there, you will pass over who's able to do it because your expectations are off. Mrs. Simmons' expectations weren't off. She looked at grades and grades spoke to ability and ability allowed a student that had been passed over for years to go to be with the gifted kids. And so her expectation of me changed the game. It really did. And so now in this very small school, we had one track and you, oh my gosh, you had one chance to get on that track. It's not like we're in Charlotte and, and these bigger cities where, you know, you may not get into honors in eighth grade, but you can double up in high school. No, 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 no. That was not the case where I was from. You had one chance to get on track with these students. These classes, the honor classes were offered in one semester because of the smallness of our community. And so if it was honest geometry was offered then, you had to get in then. There was no coming back, no. You, if you didn't get an honest geometry then, you took regular geometry. There was just no coming back to that. And so I realized that if I was not handpicked by this teacher right then and there, I would have been behind. And I would have got on the track while they were already ahead of me. We talk about racism. We talk about the fact that as black people here in America, that so many times white people may look at our predicament and be like, well, there's no slavery anymore and there's no Jim Crow anymore. You know, we all have an equal plane. Like we all start at the same place. You're born into the world. You have the same things that I have. That's a lie. Like it's this dumb for us to even think that. And I'm going to dismantle that today because as a race, there has been an underlying bias preconceived notion that I'm not supposed to. And it has embedded in so much in our DNA that black people feel like we weren't supposed to. Back in the 90s, if you were uh, smart, black people, the black community in my area said you were acting white. If I show some level of articulation, if I use large words, if my vocabulary was expansive, I'm white because that was attributed to being white. So advancement was the whiteness of the world. It was the white track of the world. And if you wanted to jump on that track, you had to bypass your community. 
You had to bypass your own, and I talked about this in the podcast, my own internalized racism to say that, hey, I want to be with y'all. And oh gosh, I didn't know this podcast was going this way. Being with y'all was me leaving my community, leaving my quote unquote black people because none of them were in this class other than Chester, other than Quita, other than I'm trying to think of any other black student that was in our advanced math classes. Nope. Just us three. All I can think of. Yep. Tanya Benjamin. Yep. Outside of that, that was it. That was it. That was it. You're talking about 20 some, 30 some kids. And there are three to four black kids, maybe because sometimes us, we didn't want to take those classes. And so I had to leave my community to go and be with another community because I knew that I could do the work. And so teachers, you are sitting and whoever's not a teacher, you people that are in control of where people go and who gets in and and doors that can be open or closed, your expectations are everything. If Mrs. Simmons did not expect me to be able to do the work, she would have never given me the invitation to come to the class. Like she held my decision. I believe God was involved. I believe that the Lord that I serve, the Savior that I have was is helping build the story, has built out the story of my life. I believe in divine intervention. I do believe in all those things. And along with all those things is a person making a decision. Now, miraculously, maybe my name would have showed up on the course. That's a miracle, right? But I didn't need a miracle. Oh, gosh. I needed someone to say I can. We are looking for miracles when people are looking for you to say yes to them. We are looking, and I'm talking about marginalized communities, or trying to look at our lives and see how can this happen? It's going to take a miracle. Many times it's not going to take a miracle. It takes a person in power to give the invitation. Your expectations change everything. And so fast forwarding to my future as a teacher, I know the power of my decisions. A couple of years ago, I had this boy in my math A class, and this has happened so many times. And I'm just I'm just giving you all this one example because it comes to my heart right now. I had this boy in my math A class. His name was Ty and Ty was tall, goofy, funny, but brilliant. And so we gave out these time tests at the beginning of the year and it was on squares and cube roots and knowing the square root and the cube root of numbers one through 12, I think, and cube roots and the cubes of numbers one through 10. And so he aced the test in like just like that and he was sitting in a math a class and i'm just like "Mm -mm, i see brilliance no 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 (laughs) this boy is brilliant and i realized i need to take him out of this class and put him math one i took him out of that math a class and i gave him the invitation to come to math one and he straight murdered his brilliance opened up beautiful black boy open up on so many levels. He was still goofy. <laughs> he was still funny and sometimes still lazy, but he had space to be brilliant. And what I'm saying with that example, that example has been the case so many times. You know why? Because I've been intentional about inviting beautiful brilliance that have been passed over. Maybe it wasn't a teacher last year. Maybe he just all of a sudden matured over the summer and the track that he was on now needed to be changed by the person who had the power to change it. We have the power to change the track. 
for so many students. And so if you don't look through that lens, if you don't look in your classroom to say who is performing that has been passed over, right? And so the stipulation is, and I'm just gonna talk about this, I'm gonna name it because it is the truth. We have a, a large Asian community at our school. And so when we look at our math one classes, I understand I'm, I'm gonna name my truth today. When I look at my math one classes and I see Asian students in my class, I'm like, they're not gonna be there long. Specifically Indian students, they're not gonna be there long. They're not, because soon they're gonna ask for a placement test to get in the math one, two class, and they're going to leave my class. And it's not because I'm a black man and I'm teaching. It is not because I'm a bad teacher. It is that the expectation for their community is that we're supposed to be at the highest level of math because that's the expectation of our community. I have talked to my Indian students and gotten close to them and joked with them, and they will joke that a B is failing in their community. They're like, I'm in math one class, so I'm dumb. I had this one girl in my math one class as an Indian girl, and she used to joke about it all the time. She's like, I'm not smart because I'm not in math one, two. And I'm just like, no, you are intelligent. You are the intelligent level that you are able to handle and you're doing what you're supposed to do to master the content now. And so she needed to be in that math one class. But again, the expectation for her community was different. And so I know when I see the um, Indian students sitting in my class that first week, I know sooner or later, Miss Barone is going to come together with a placement test and say, hey, y'all can place out this class. And 95% of them place out of my class. Only a few of them stay in math one because the expectation is different. You know the reason I'm going there. I'm going all the way there. You know the reason why no one ever asked me to come out of that class to be gifted is because there was no expectation for me. If I had been white and performing on that level, they would have been asked me, hey, you want out? I don't care what you think is not the case. If you're listening to me, I will go to back to back to what I'm saying to be true. It is the truth that I lived in, in the community I was in. They would have been asked me, hey, you sure you belong in this class? Are you sure at a white boy this past year in the pandemic score in the 99th percentile and he was in my math one class and I looked at him and it's not because he's white, but I'm just like, hey, sir, you sure you're supposed to be here? You sure you're supposed to be in this math one class? You know, there's a math one, two class, right? You might want to check that class out because if you can score in the 99th percentile in a pandemic learning virtually online, I'm telling you, you can probably teach my class, you know? And so that's me not being biased. It's me not saying because he's white. Oh, here's another white kid that's leaving my class. No, it's me putting people where I believe they should be and challenging people where they need to be challenged. And so we have to look in our classes and say, like, who can really do it? Who just needs the support? Where is our expectation for all races? My Hispanic kids have been killing it this year. And I'm just like, I wish this wasn't a pandemic. I wish I would have saw this brilliance beforehand. But on paper, it looks like, you know, we all we had was to go by what we knew. But I just wish that I could have pushed you into a math one class, some of my Hispanic kids right now, you know, and so our expectations change everything. They change everything. They change everything so much so that my kids expect to do well on tests because that's my expectation for them. It is what it is. My kids expect to master tests because that's my expectation for them. When I look at my kids and I say, y'all, we're about to do something hard. 
when I say hard and I'll be honest with them it's not really hard it's really tedious it has a lot of steps and it's easy to get caught up and mixed up in the steps but it's not hard right and so we're going to take our time we're going to go through the work my expectation is that you know it may take us two days to master this but you're going to master it just like you've mastered everything else before this that's the expectation and when you breathe that expectation when you live that expectation when you walk in the expectation you get the results of that expectation Mrs. Simmons was Uh, expectation disruptor she disrupted the norm because she knew that I could she knew that Chester could and God knows she wasn't going to invite Adam without inviting Chester and James because many times Chester and James grades were higher than Adam's so let's just deal with that right then and there so you know she saw us for who we were what are your expectations How are you communicating those expectations? How are you living those expectations out? What systems have you developed so that you know that that's the case and you can support those expectations in the classroom? My last podcast, I talked about mastery and the reason why my expectations can be what they are because I've mastered the art of making complex content simplistic. That's why my expectations are what they are. And I've also been able to look out at black and brown students and be like, "Uh uh-uh, get out of this class, go into math one. Nope, and and have me because I'm going to support you. Yeah, you're going to struggle, but I'm going to open this door for you because while every other student in math one, two are already getting two credits for high school, they only have two more. This is the access, y'all. I'm going to be done with this. When you're in math one, two, you're already getting two high school credits. What is that doing? It's giving you access early. What does giving you access early do? It allows you to go to high school and only take two more math and be done. So if you want to work, if you want to take those college level classes for the free and get them in right now. So when you go to college, you're already ahead. It's people getting the same people getting ahead. And so we have to have expectation disruptors to say, no, 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 no. If we're going to continue to open the door for you, I'm going to be the person to open the door for them. And by me opening the door, I have to be in place to support you because yes, you're going to struggle. I struggled. <laughs> be honest, I struggled that first year, but I am who I am today because somebody opened the door and invited me into that world. Expectations change everything. Y'all, that's it for the show today. I am passionate about this. That's why it's mastery for all, expectations for all equity for all. That's what it is. And you cannot save for all and not tear down the systems that need to be torn down for all. Build up the supports that should support all. You cannot say it and not be about it. I need to go because I'm going in and I just feel like this podcast should come to an end. (laughs) I thank y'all for joining me today. So I hope you enjoy this podcast and you know I am readily available to come in to talk to your schools, to talk to your teachers, your students, whomever concerning Mastery for All or even the content that I displayed in today's podcast. You can reach out to me at any moment at info at mrjamesoneal.com and O'Neill is spelled O-N-E-A-L. I would love to come in and support your school, your teachers, your students, 
anyone concerning the topic I talked about or just around mastery for all, please visit my website at www.mrjamesoneal.com. You can also follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Mr. James O'Neill and or LinkedIn and Twitter at Mr. James O'Neill. No dot. I am so happy that you are with me today. I hope you feel empowered, inspired. Most of all, I hope something I said to you today tells you that you have the power to make a change and make a difference in your world. As always, I'm super excited that you decided to join me. Today, today. Have an amazing day.